0: Thanks for tuning in to Freelancer Therapy. My name is Amber Rhodes. I've been a freelancer myself, and on every episode of Freelancer Therapy, I will be talking to a freelancer, a solopreneur, part-time, full-time, anytime, and asking them about their mental health and wellness. Enjoy the show. Hey, y'all, thanks for tuning in to Freelancer Therapy where we have conversations about mental health and wellness with freelancers and solopreneurs. Today I am joined by the lovely, smart, amazing Tatiana Phillips. She's the founder of Let's Taco About It Marketing, Let's Taco About Marketing LLC, whose <laughs> online presence will make you crave tacos. So, um, Tatiana, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. First of all, I would love to hear more about your company name because I love a pun moment, and I think it's amazing. <laughs>
1: Sure. So um, one of the things that I've learned as a marketer is how people consume content. Um, That being said, we often refer to it as snack size pieces. And as somebody who loves food, um, especially tacos, I started realizing that um, a good way to kind of frame my tone and brand voice is by referencing food more specifically tacos Um, i also realized that by giving such a broad name of talk about marketing i can either pivot into consulting or i can um, teach others how to market themselves so it really left me open to a few things and then lastly everybody and their brother celebrates taco tuesday so there's tons of memes and jokes and videos and all kinds of pieces of content out there already in existence and i am able to use that to keep my content flow going especially on the days where perhaps i might not be feeling hundred percent
0: yeah yeah i mean i think the common denominator for everyone is we love tacos. (laughs)
1: We love food and
0: eating. So I'm (laughs) curious, I just have to know what your favorite taco is.
1: Oof, that is such a hard, hard question, but I would say one of my all-time favorite tacos is actually from a um, small bar restaurant in Orlando called Sloppy Taco Palace because their sloppy tacos are just covered in ooey gooey cheese sauce and it's just mm,
0: so good. <laughs> okay, okay. That's like next level taco. I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could you tell me a little bit about your journey into creating Let's Talk About Marketing and also just what you do specifically in your day-to-day when you are working with your company?
1: Sure. I started my marketing career back in 2004, 2005, and that started out as internships with um, MTV2 and Sony BMG. And... MTV2 took a chance on me, let me freelance with them um, for a summer in between semesters at college. And I was really on that trajectory to like land a job as soon as undergrad was finished. And um, so I was riding high on that, but then the great recession hit and everybody was on a hiring freeze everybody so every connection that I'd made every networking opportunity that I took every step that I took to set my career up for success was completely halted and I got away from marketing I was doing it for fun through like serving on community boards or if a friend wanted help um, with some strategy but I really wasn't making it into a career like I'd had before, but it occurred to me as I was approaching my mid-30s that I really missed marketing and I missed that passion and drive that I felt from it. So I went back to school for my master's while I was working full-time at a law firm. And shortly after my master's program finished, I got a job opportunity fall into my lap, literally fall into my lap from a friend yeah. of a friend as a marketing director for his business. Oh. What he failed to tell me was that they were actually in financial distress and was in the middle of shutting down. What? So two, two months, two, two to three months into my marketing director career, everybody was laid off. The entire company shut down. And another friend who had her own company said, listen, I can help you. It'll be freelance. It'll be part-time, low hours. Can't give you a whole lot, but at least it'll help you get by while you Mm -hmm. figure out your next move. So I did that for three months and it was wonderful. And she was about to offer me a full-time job and her cancer returned and mm-hmm. she decided to sell off her company. So again, a few months in, I'm jobless. Then I took a job in Tampa mm-hmm. as a conference producer. It wasn't marketing, but it used a lot of the same skills in mm-hmm. order to create the agendas and topics and all of that. Three months in, they decided to eliminate my position. Oh, like <laughs> so bad streak of luck. laid off three times in 2019 and really feeling unsure of what I should be doing or how to even do it. Um, because I hadn't learned what I needed to do from anybody else. I literally was learning from school Mm -hmm. and no applicable time to, to put it into motion. So when the pandemic hit, I thought the only way I'm going to keep my potential career afloat is to just do it myself.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know
1: what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm doing is going to be effective, if it's going to be great, or if it's going to flop entirely. But the worst thing that I can do is to just sit here because I kept applying for work. It just wasn't, you know, no opportunities were, were yeah. coming my way. I think people just didn't know what to do with me because I had started so many years prior and then stopped and then restarted it again. And you know, I didn't quite qualify for entry level. I didn't quite qualify for mid-level. It was really Uh, just a weird dynamic. So that being said, I was in a very low place mm -hmm. mentally, and I invested in a um, empowerment coach. And it wasn't, it's um (laughs) she is deep rooted in astrology Uh and really just tapping into your soul's purpose and what your heart is pulling you to do oh wow and it allowed me to get back to myself even if the cost of it wasn't something I hadn't quite figured into yet Mm -hmm. um In the meantime, I was offered a part-time job as an assistant for an e-commerce company, which is something I have continued to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But about a month into the empowerment coaching courses, which were were a six-month course, I finally felt mentally well enough to just pull that cord and launch Talk About Marketing. And within three months, I had gained two clients without really marketing myself much. Mm -hmm. Um, And then shortly thereafter, I got two more clients. So it really felt like the universe was telling me, keep going, you're doing the right thing. Um, But I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more. But eventually, I lost some of those clients. And what that did to my mental health as well, was a huge hit. But I think that that is kind of the name of the game in freelancing is like you win really big wins and mm-hmm. you lose really big losses too. Um so yeah. so that's where I'm at with talk about marketing. It's been about a year and a half-ish, and yeah. um and I currently only have two clients.
0: <laughs> that's okay. Sometimes it's enough. I mean, talk about a true roller coaster of a time for you. And I think mm-hmm. that what I'm most impressed by, by you and your story is just like you bounced back. And even though maybe it felt like marketing was rejecting you, you were just like, well, this is what I am meant to do. Like, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what drives me. And I really want to make this part of my story and part of just what my career actually is. So I guess I'm curious, it made me wonder what is it about marketing in particular that you're so
1: drawn to, where you're just like,
0: this is it for me.
1: So it's a double edged, not double edged, but the two parts. So the one part is I am a very creative person and analytical person. And I love that marketing marries the two of the, those pieces, yeah. uh, at least as far as effective marketing goes. You have to be analytical to determine you know, what you're doing, if it's working and being effective or not. And creatively speaking, it's fun to come up with you know, what's going to work for your target audience in that brand's voice. The second part of it is the relationships you build. A lot of um, businesses lose sight of the fact that when you are showing up on social media, it is there to build a relationship with that target audience and potential buyer. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're just on there to crack a joke that's cool if that is your brand, but you need to be offering something to them so that way you guys can carry on that conversation, whether it be in DMs or email or, you know, that buildup is what I love. And it allows you to tap into people personally. You know, Mm -hmm. I have learned so much from small businesses in my area just by carrying on the conversation in DMs.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So you really like the relational aspect. And it sounds like Mm -hmm. you like working with small businesses. Is that correct?
1: It's basically what I've been used to. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not that I prefer them over big corporations per se. It's just maybe right now in my career, it's where I feel comfortable.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like it's been kind of a good, not safety blanket, but a good foundation for you to restart your career with these small businesses, especially when they're so focused on
1: relationships. Definitely. And I think that sometimes with small businesses, when you are launching your business, when you are just starting out, you don't have time to market yourself, or maybe you just haven't um, explored all the areas that you can market. Um, Everyone has a story to tell. And I think small business is a big, big, big market for telling those stories. Well, big corporations have their own stories, sure, but they have entire teams that do that. Yeah. Whereas small business, you might be working for yourself, or you might only have, you know, 10 employees. How do you tell that story? Well, each of those people are a part of that story. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a Big part of why I like working with small businesses is that they're still hungry. They're still down to earth about Mm -hmm. who they are and how they got there. Um, They haven't lost sight of that. And I think that that can be really inspiring.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, So you had alluded to some of your mental health journey, which is kind of why we're Mm -hmm. here. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about? mental health journey so far and how it factors into your work and then kind of the other way around, like how do you work around your mental health issues <laughs> if you <Sure>. have
1: them? <laughs> oh, I definitely do. <laughs> um, I'm not afraid or, you know, scared to say that I have a therapist. I have mm-hmm. been going to therapy um, regularly for the past several years. Honestly, I've had therapists on, on and off since undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely battle anxiety and that pressure of feeling not good enough. Um, I grew up acting, actually. Wow. Um, and as a performer, you are rejected quite a bit. I think yeah. maybe that pertains to part of why I've been so resilient with wanting to keep pursuing this even though it's telling me no for (laughs) parts of this you know it's um but I guess the role that my mental health plays in my work is that the first part of the question, or are or we wanting the other way around first? I'm trying to remember which <laughs> way you asked.
0: <laughs> um, let's just do it, let's just roll with what you were going with. So just tell um, me, if,
1: yeah. So, mental health and my work, um, it was not easy for me to get to where I am today. Um, mm-hmm there was a lot of years, not just months, not just days, but years of self-doubt with the great recession and the pandemic and, Mm -hmm. you know, on top of that, making sure that I can pay my bills. And, um, you know, every birthday I'd think about, oh, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Oh, you're not doing marketing oh, you were rejected again, you've been applying for jobs for months, it's not been looking pretty, (laughs) like, what what do you do with that, you know? Um, I think that there is something to be said of creating your own magic and creating your own opportunities. Um, Years ago, when Mindy Kaling, first, her first book came out, and she talked about um you know where are the opportunities for Indian American women in Mm -hmm. acting and there really aren't any and so when she was being turned down for roles um left and right because she was an Indian American woman that was not super skinny and you know Mm -hmm. leaned on her sense of humor for things she had said that um the best thing she did for herself was create her own show. Mm. That was her own way of proving to everybody else that she could still be successful, that she could still do the things that she wanted to do and accomplish those things. And um, that has stuck with me over the years um, in terms of you know, all those times that I was told no, all those times that I was rejected or looked over for whether it's because I'm Italian, Puerto Rican, or because maybe I didn't have as many, um, you know, hard skills as somebody else in my field at my level. Um, it just, you know, it propelled me to keep trying. And, and I'm not saying that, like, I always have that drive, I definitely don't. Right, <laughs> definitely don't. Um, now on the flip side of things, you know, how does my work impact my mental health? I sometimes feel as if I need to overcompensate, uh, overcompensate for those rejections, those losses. Mm-hmm. So I tend to be a workaholic. Now that's something that I've been working on this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will get to that in a bit as to how I got to that point, because it definitely involves a breakdown.
0: Uh, Doesn't it always?
1: (laughs) Always. Um, But because I was dealing with anxiety and rejection and, you know, to some degree depression as well, um, I tend to push myself to the best and i know that that's not healthy i know that that is something that i probably will struggle with for the rest of my life but it has paid off to some degree otherwise i wouldn't be where i am today um so yeah that that, that's how mental health has played its role in my job
0: (laughs) <laughs> no, I had two big takeaways from that and I was riveted so first of all I love that you said make your own magic and just kind of throwing yourself into something and creating an opportunity for yourself even if even if it doesn't pan out I think just right you're saying I'm pouring into myself because I believe that this is the right thing to do um, right that's really awesome and I love that Mindy Kaling story I'm gonna have to read that book um, and then talking about being a workaholic, I'm curious, were you always a workaholic or is it just kind of in the most recent years when you were facing all of that rejection and you're like, well, I really got to amp it up because I want people to take me seriously.
1: I think I've always been a workaholic. Um, it stems from my father and my grandmother. They were, they, my grandmother was a workaholic. My dad is a workaholic. Um <laughs> And like I said, I recognize that that's not necessarily a healthy thing. Um, But growing up in that way, I was often, I guess, rewarded and recognized for being a good student, for being able to be a great student while juggling theater after school and honor roll society and Spanish club and like, you know, all those overachiever moments that kids are now looked at as like don't do that (laughs) take a break yeah exactly um so i think after years of being praised during those times Mm kind of gave me an unhealthy view on things so you know i'm used to working full-time and you know working two jobs or right. working full time and going to school for my master's full time and pulling straight A's and meeting, like I'm used to that, but that doesn't mean that that's where I am today. And that's not where I want to be in the future either.
0: Right. So you grew up as a workaholic, our culture, you're a millennial, correct?
1: So yeah. Our culture 84.
0: Basically <laughs> like you need you need to be a workaholic. So you really internalized the idea that workaholism is work, essentially. Like that right. is the way that I need to approach work because that's just life. Um so it sounds like you're working on it now. <laughs> working. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious. It's funny that we have to work on ourselves and we're workaholics. Yeah. <laughs> what are kind of what are the negative effects of being a workaholic that you've noticed and Why are you trying now to dismantle them?
1: That's a great question. Um, So one of the things that I've learned as a workaholic is that you often neglect yourself Mm -hmm. and you sometimes end up dropping the ball on others that are relying on you. And it doesn't necessarily mean your clients or your job. It could be your partner or your parents or a best friend. Um, So it's definitely not something that I strive for anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. But one of the things that kind of brought me to this point was a breakdown in a different way so you know normally when you have been working yourself to the bone and you think of a breakdown you think of that breaking point of I've had enough and Mm -hmm. you are in tears or maybe you shut the world out and you stop talking to people like you you, everybody's breakdown kind of looks a little different but relatively the same this time around it was a different kind of breakdown that life forced me to stop. Hmm. And I say that because I was in that workaholic mode and had been for a long time. Mm -hmm. But this summer, I lost two, actually three clients because of their own lives going in different directions. Um, You know, one, decided she was going to drop down to part-time at her day job so she could pursue more time at her um, entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. But because of her dropping part-time, she wouldn't have the money to afford me. Another client signed on with a new company and the contract stated all of her all of her work that she'd be putting out for public consumption outside of the company would be owned by the company to be intellectual property that they own. So she had to cease and desist too. So it was like back to back again. That whole right failure, feeling rejection. Um, I lost three clients back to back within a month span, and during that exact same time frame, two friends passed away. And. So this time the breakdown looked like I have free time and I'm depressed. What Mm -hmm. do I do with that? Mm -hmm. And old me would have probably done some unhealthy things, whether it would be try to work even harder or um, not sit with those feelings and not deal with that grief and that loss. Mm -hmm. But it was during that time frame that those three months over the summer, that it really hit me that my normal go-to ways to deal with things just weren't going to work this time. And that's when I realized that being a workaholic was not healthy. It was when everything slowed down for me that i had that moment to sit there and actually absorb it and go oh wow i'm not in a good place like mm-hmm. how do i fix this um so yeah <laughs> so that's, that was the breakdown that i had and it ended up being like a really therapeutic breakdown right it, and not in a crying, sobbing freak out or not in a I'm gonna go radio silent way either. It just it allowed me to sit with myself.
0: Yeah, like I gave you some real clarity and just what's mm-hmm. what's most important. And I think especially having to take the time, like you said, to sit with your feelings and process them rather than covering them up, like using work as a defense mechanism, which is a really right. easy thing to do.
1: Right. And I think once, you know, my, my two friends had passed away, one to suicide, one to COVID, um, it really shined perspective on my own life and what I was missing out on and what I was passing up for. It's like, yeah, I'm passing up time with my friends because I'm in workaholic mode. No, like that's not, not yeah. Yeah. It's not worth it it's not worth, I would rather have less clients and a better, Mm -hmm. healthier work-life balance than take on 12 new clients at once.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of the beauty of freelancing too, is that when you realize that sweet spot where you're getting to live the life that you want and do the things that you want without Mm -hmm. overwhelming yourself, like you're you're just living large and in charge. <laughs> like you finally made <laughs> it. Yeah.
1: So I guess... No, I'm trying... I'm not... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, I'm definitely not like financially stable to where I can like go travel, but the bills are getting paid. And that's, for me, that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. It's like, can I pay for groceries? Am I paying for my apartment? We're good. <laughs> um, If you're... Well, if you don't mind sharing it now that you're kind of battling your workaholic instincts, when you go down that road and when you start to feel that those patterns are coming on, like maybe you're feeling really overwhelmed or stressed out, how do you deal with that? How
1: do you fight those patterns? I literally gained another client this week. Um, And so those old patterns were starting. Thank you. (laughs) They were starting to creep up my head a little bit because, um, while I did gain the contract this week, they had said, if you can get a month's work worth of work done in these two weeks, you can go ahead and bill, bill me November 1st for the month. Yeah. Wow. Like, what do you do? Right. Mm -hmm. So I told myself, number one, you are human and you will only get as much done as you can possibly get done, but Mm -hmm. you will not cost your mental health on this like you you cannot risk that mm-hmm. number 2 i have been very mindful about self care and self love so the thing that i have told myself and this was prior to gaining this new client is that no matter what is going on in my life every single morning I am spending at least that first half hour to an hour doing what I want to do for myself, Mm -hmm. whether that is sitting in a comfy chair with a cup of coffee and, you know, looking at my day's astrology or catching up on the fun emails, you know, Mm -hmm. or do I go take a walk somewhere? But every single day, I have to do something for myself. And that's before I take care of my animals. That is before, you know, my boyfriend's asking me for things. (laughs) I am am not beholden to anyone but myself for that hour. And then the other thing that I've been instilling, especially this week, is that Even though I'm on this hypothetical deadline, the client understands that asking a month's worth of work in two weeks on the fly without any notice, like that, that's a lot, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to accomplish it, but I'm also trying to accomplish it in a very balanced way, just so I can prove to myself that I can do it. So what I told myself is that I get off of work and I'm home by 4 p.m. from my day job. Mm -hmm. and that's monday through thursday that i have that job so i told myself from 4 p.m to no later than 6 15 p.m i will work Mm -hmm. after 6 15 p.m no matter where i am i'm cutting it off i have to stop i have to cook dinner and Mm -hmm. then the rest of that evening is for me and my partner that's it like end of story um so so far I'm okay. Like it's been a little bit of a struggle because some of those old patterns wanted to creep up. There was a day that I was in my groove and I was getting a lot accomplished in that two hour space. And I wanted to keep going because I thought, how am I going to get everything done? I'm in a good groove. Let me, let me, uh, stopped myself Mm -hmm. and put it all away. And I said, nope. That's what Friday's for. Friday's the catch-up day for clients. That's why I don't work f- full-time at my day job. Mm-hmm. Like, so we'll see where I'm at. You know, it might be a struggle next week well, as I approach that deadline a bit more. And maybe I extend that time frame to 6.30, 6.45, 7 o'clock. But mm-hmm. that cutoff has to happen. Um, and so I'm setting that boundary with myself.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, setting healthy boundaries is one of it's like a, it seems like a really common sense thing to do. And yet it's one of the hardest things, especially when you're in a create like I mean, marketing and you're creative yeah. and you're like, but my ideas are here now. And I don't know if they're gonna be there on Friday. So it's just really hard right. to close
1: the computer and step away. Right. And maybe, maybe the work that I'm putting out because I've stepped away isn't at my very, very, very tip top best,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I have to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I have to be okay with that. The only time I won't be okay with that is if other people notice it's not tip top because what I consider tip top may be like above and beyond what my clients think is tip top.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it is. We hold ourselves to these impossible standards. And then when we actually deliver to clients and they're like, oh, this is amazing. You knew something that I didn't know and you delivered on this. And we're like, what, really? I did that in two hours, like you had no idea. So I think we're about to wrap up, but I have two more questions for you. And the first one is what advice would you give to freelancers who are just starting out now?
1: Can I give them two pieces?
0: Of course. Okay,
1: the first and foremost is to listen to your body. Um, mm-hmm. If you are starting to have the racing thoughts, the anxiety, the how am I going to get this done feeling, stop for a moment and r- actually write down the top three to five things you absolutely have to get done within the week. Mm-hmm as far as deadlines go and just focus on those everything else will come into place eventually but just focus on a small amount first otherwise you will get overwhelmed right okay. um and the second piece of advice i would give is setting those time frames those boundaries for yourself as to when you think that you should work you know it may be cool with your own, you know, rhythm that you work 12 hours straight and then you're off for three days. But mm-hmm. if that's, if that's what you're used to, and it's actually healthy to where you're showing up for yourself, not for everybody else, but for yourself, right. then go with it. But if you need time away to process, which a lot of us do. Take that time. Take the time Mm -hmm. to enjoy life because life is fleeting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's such an important message. I hope that everyone takes note.
1: (laughs) Such (laughs) an important
0: message. (laughs) And then my final question for you is just tell me when you're happiest at work. What brings you the greatest joy about what you do?
1: Honestly, I think the greatest joy that I find, and uh, I hate to say this, is the recognition, the praise, the the feeling of you did a good job. Because I can tell myself I did a good job and that's cool. But when someone else recognizes it without you prompting it, it's so, so rewarding. Such a great feeling.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah, that just validation of this is my place and where I'm doing exactly right. what I'm supposed to be doing and what I fought for. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, right. I really appreciate you being here and talking so openly. And I would love if you could share how people can find you. And I will also put it in show notes.
1: That would be great. Thank you. Um, and thank you for having me here. Yeah. Um, they can find me on Instagram at taco underscore bout, B-O-U-T underscore marketing. Um, They can find me on my website at www.letstacoboutmarketing.com. And um, I think those are the two most prominent places you can find me <laughs> yeah
0: and are you accepting taco recipes from followers
1: absolutely okay <laughs> always send me taco recipes I
0: will let them know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's been so great talking to you and I appreciate that you took the time and I hope that we have another conversation sometime soon
1: I would love that thanks for yeah. having me Amber. it's yeah. been a pleasure
0: Thanks for listening to Freelancer Therapy. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to be a guest on Freelancer Therapy, you can reach out on Instagram at at Freelancer Therapy or email me, Amber Rhodes, at AmberRhodesWrites at gmail.com. That's A-M-B-E-R-R-H-O-D-E-S-W-R-I-T-E-S at gmail.com.